0: Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast. People tend to think about motivation as something that some people have and others don't. The truth is that we all have the same amount of motivation because motivation plays a role in every decision that we make and every action we take. This means that you already have all the motivation you need to accomplish your goals. The only thing standing in your way is a deeper awareness of how motivation actually works and what truly motivates you. I hope this podcast helps you discover and utilize the motivation you've always had inside you. Now, let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Motivation for Regular People podcast. If it feels like it's been a long time since we've been together, it's because it has. I took last week off while recovering from covid Hopefully you got a chance to listen to the rebroadcast of my interview with Cam F Awesome from last year. That was just a conversation that I really enjoyed and I didn't want to entirely take the week off even though I wasn't able to record a new episode. So hopefully you found value from that conversation, whether it was your first time to hear it or even if you heard it previously when we released it last year. Anyways, I'm grateful to be feeling better and to be back in The normal swing of things this week so since it's been a couple weeks let me catch you up on what we're doing right now in this space we're in the middle of a series called it's up to you which is also the working title of my third book that i plan to release later this year the inspiration for this book and for this podcast series is the idea that everything in life can fit into one of two categories what we control and what we can't control Furthermore, by learning to leverage the areas of life we can control while having the right attitude about what we can't control, we can position ourselves for maximum success and impact. And just to be clear, my idea about this goes beyond the idea that we should accept what we can control and what we can't control and not think about the areas where we can't control. I think there's a really important element in what we can't control that often goes unnoticed and underutilized. And it's the development that happens even as we experience these issues these obstacles that go outside of our control and unless we have the right attitude about these things we won't experience all of the growth and the development that happens as a result so we'll talk about that later in the series right now we are focusing on the things that we can control so we've introed the series and then two weeks ago the most recent new episode we talked about how we can demystify our days and our weeks by controlling our routines in my opinion routines break complex goals and processes down into predictable action steps and repeatable structures if you want to hear more on routines, you can go back and listen to episode 62, which was just a couple weeks ago, so it shouldn't be too far down in your feed. Today, we are talking about how we can control our expectations. Now, this one is huge. Honestly, this might be the most important lesson in this entire series when it comes to things that we can control. There aren't many things that impact us more than our expectations do. If you're a longtime podcast listener, you know that we're big John A. Cuff fans around here and his book do-over which is probably about 10 years old now John teaches that we can't control every situation but we can control two things we can always choose our attitude and adjust our expectations let me repeat that so you don't miss it we can always choose our attitude and adjust our expectations Here's another quote to think about as we begin. James Bryan Smith is a longtime seminary professor. He's written, I think, five books now in the Good and Beautiful Spiritual Formation book series. He wrote in the book, The Good and Beautiful Life, Putting on the Character of Christ, that anger is a complex emotion that combines fear with unmet expectations. If I told you that you could resolve any lingering issues of anger in your life simply by adjusting your expectations, what would you say? Would you be motivated to put in the work to get a handle on your expectations at that point? Finally, I want to tell you about a conversation that I had with another coach about two years ago as I was first getting into coaching. We were talking about the issues that people in church leadership often face. As a reminder, when I first got into coaching, I primarily coached people who were leading churches. I wish I remembered this person's name who I was talking to, but honestly, it's been so long that it's not coming to me right now. Anyways, this person told me that the number one source of conflict between church leaders and the people who oversee the leaders comes as a result of the expectation. Now, sometimes the issue is that the expectations aren't being met. Other times, the reason for conflict is that the expectations aren't known. Alright, I think we need to peel things back a little bit here because this is significant. So conflict can arise because of unknown expectations that can impact us even when we don't realize what we are feeling. That is huge. So if we're going to understand why we feel a certain way or why certain situations, activities and outcomes can be frustrating for us, we must be able to dig deeper to understand how our expectations are contributing to our perspective. All right, so here's the good news. You can control your expectations. I'm not saying that it's easy, but I am saying that it can be done. I think too often in life we believe that change happens as a result of flipping a switch we think that we can go from not prioritizing our health one day to being a gym rat the next day or we think that we can suppress long-standing feelings of anger entitlement or self-sabotage by simply choosing a new approach and immediately following a different path Now I do believe that changing your thinking or your actions is an important step to take, but I also fully believe that it's a process that happens gradually. It's not something that happens in a moment or in an instant. You're going to have to accept that growth takes time and you're going to need to develop some patience if that growth doesn't happen as quickly as you want it to or as you feel like it should. Changing expectations fits that same mold. It can be done but it takes time and deliberate practice in the rest of this episode i'm going to give you a three-step process that you can use to take charge of your expectations and make sure that they are working for you rather than working against you the first thing you have to be willing to do is you have to name your expectations you can approach this step broadly by naming all the expectations that you have that come to mind or you can start small by defining a particular category Let's say you're trying to make meaningful changes or improvements at your job. You can start by thinking about the expectations that you bring specifically into that space. For example, I am a life and leadership coach, and if I'm not careful, I can easily operate with the assumption or the expectation that everyone understands what a coach does and what kind of value they can provide. When in reality, more often than not, there's some ambiguity around what a coach actually does. And if I'm not aware that I'm bringing that expectation into a conversation with someone who doesn't yet know what I do, I may not be able to fully explain how I work and how I help people in a way that they can understand and appreciate. Another way that expectations can have a noticeable impact on us is when we assume that everyone does or should see the world the same way that we do. If my expectation for myself is that people should have designated work hours each day and I'm not intentional about not putting that expectation onto others, I can accidentally hold them to a standard that they and I are not fully aware of. All of a sudden I'm getting frustrated with somebody because I have put this arbitrary rule on them. I don't fully understand that it exists they don't fully understand that it exists and a problem is created that could have easily been avoided if i was more honest with myself and with them From the beginning about what i was expecting so as we get started here spend some time thinking about the expectations that you have of both yourself and others if you want to do even more work here try to think about where those expectations came from and what beliefs or values or experiences drive those expectations you'll have an easier time shifting or adjusting your expectations later on if you can trace them back to their original source Once you can name your current expectations, you have the power to choose a new expectation. And these expectations are powerful because of their ability to change your thinking in a way that produces new actions. I'll give you a couple examples here, starting with my kids. If you know me, you know that I've got a five-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter. And recently, I began to realize how unknowingly high my expectations for my kids were. And once I began to see this, it provided some clarity about why I was getting frustrated with them more often than I would like to be. Naming my expectations required me to acknowledge that I, as a 30-year-old with a higher degree of maturity and significantly more life experience, Was expecting them to respond like I would to situations, especially stressful and urgent situations. Once I named this expectation, I was able to change and adjust it based on what reality dictated, namely that they are five and two and they aren't capable of responding in the same way that I would. Now I expect them to respond like a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and it's led to a much more gracious and empowering environment in my house. I'll give you another example let's say that you're motivated to write a book but you have the expectation that you can't start writing the book until you have all your ideas in order if you told me that here's the question that I would ask you how is that expectation helping you and how is it hurting you if you're honest you might say that it's helping you because it shows that you value the accumulation of ideas and you know that it's going to take a large number of ideas in order for you to finish your book That might be true but this expectation is also hurting you because it's preventing you from beginning to make progress on your book until you reach an arbitrary point in the process after all how do you know how many ideas you need until you start working how do you know that you won't be able to generate more ideas or encounter more possibilities for what you might write about as you begin working By shifting your expectations and by understanding how your expectations are simultaneously serving you and also holding you back, you smooth out that path between where you are and where you want to be. You make the journey easier and you better equip yourself to travel the path that lies ahead. Finally, once you've named your current expectations and chosen a new expectation, you must prepare yourself for the process of reinforcing that new expectation until it replaces the old expectation in your head. Something that I share often with coaching clients is a lesson that I learned in one of my coaching courses that I took during my certification process. Shout out to David Cook if he happens to stumble upon this episode. Not the David Cook that won American Idol, but the David Cook who teaches CAM 504, the neuroscience of coaching. So one of the things that David taught us in this course is this idea that when we have new thoughts, it's like we are blazing a trail in our mind For the first time. And when that trail first comes into existence, it's like a little gravel path on a mountainside that is hard to travel, it's bumpy, it's obviously not paved, and that runs in contrast to our existing thoughts, which we have thought so many times that they are like an eight-lane superhighway in our brain. Our default is to go back to those old thoughts, and if we want to replace the old thought with a new thought, we have to repeat it, which obviously takes time it takes practice it's something that happens gradually but over time if we remain committed to reinforcing that new thought eventually it will become like that eight lane superhighway and it will become our default even in times of stress it's something that is possible but obviously something that we have to work toward as well so how does this translate to our expectations Well, I have to remind myself to go back to that example that I used before, when I get frustrated with how my children respond in the moment that they are five years old and two years old, I have to overtake that default setting that has become ingrained in my head before and replace it with that new thought or that new expectation that I have worked carefully to curate. Even if it is more true, even if it is more beneficial to have that thought in the moment, it's not going to be my default until the the point where I have practiced it and repeated it so if you are going to experience meaningful change in your expectations you're going to have to commit to this process of practice of repetition of being patient and recognizing that transformation doesn't happen overnight but when it is something that has been practiced over time it is not only more sustainable but it is also far more effective The last thing I'll tell you is that changing any expectation requires some degree of sacrifice. Again, to go back to an idea that I shared earlier in the episode, we have expectations because of how we perceive they help us or how we perceive they help others. And by changing our expectations, we are sacrificing that former belief of how that expectation would help us. But I think two things are important to remember here. First of all, as we become aware of our expectations and how we believe that they are helping us, we might realize that that belief was not rooted in the truth. You may think that expecting something is increasing the likelihood of experiencing a certain outcome but once you become aware of it you realize that it's not furthermore when you sacrifice that expectation and that illusion of how you think that expectation is helping you you're doing so because you anticipate replacing it with another expectation and the value that that expectation has so it is a value exchange but just like any other value exchange you are giving up one thing that has value because you want to experience you want to receive something else that in your opinion has greater value so maybe this is an oversimplification but as you abandon these old expectations and adopt these new ones you are doing so because you feel like you were trading up So I hope that this is a lesson that you will take action on. I hope that you'll set aside some time to name your expectations, to think critically about them, think about how they are helping you, how they are hurting you, and how you might be able to improve your current experience in life and your future prospects of success by adjusting those expectations, by reinforcing them, and about all of the development that you will experience along that process of changing your mind, of altering your perspective. I think there is so much potential growth that can happen here. I know it's happened in my life, and I'm excited as I think about what you may experience as you work in these areas as well. Thanks again for listening to the show. As a reminder, we have a new episode every Thursday, at least on the weeks when I don't have COVID. We also sprinkle in a few bonus episodes each month as well. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. Leave us a rating and a review. It would mean so much to me if you would help us grow this platform, and those are two of the easiest ways that you can do so. I'll be back next week for another lesson on what you can control. Remember, you already have all the motivation that you need and it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com MFRP. That's betterhelp.com MFRP. Check it out and sign up today.